It's been a long few months. A lot has gone on in the football world, in our lives. But Sports Talk Therapy is back ahead of the 2022 NFL season. How are we feeling about it? Feeling great. We're living the dream out here. And uh, we have breaking news that the fluffy buffaloes have been retired. You know, they just they they won me a ship back in the day, but they were in a rut. The team needed the team needed a new lift. So then, Team Avatar came in in their first year as the uh, the team. They won the championship. So Team Avatar, you know, and maybe this will be a dynasty that lasts a thousand years, like some Targaryens. But you know, you never I was know. just about to say the way you said dynasty makes me think that you are um, all the way in on House of the Dragon already. Oh. Farther in than all the way in. I am like, I'm like a ghost. I'm like Casper. I just like, I'm like through it. I'm like 150% in. <laughs> Attitude. Love so far in, I'm out. That. Wow. Yeah. We're, Colin's impressive. dropping gems a minute and a half into our return after like a four month hiatus. I love it. We're back. We are back. We are so back. And apologies to me for preventing us being back for two weeks. But I ended up going to a drive-in movie uh, with my family in the middle of western New York in the middle of a cornfield. And let me tell you, drive-in movies, a lot of character. Um, Boy, they show two movies back-to-back in the car, in the middle of a cornfield. Uh, Bizarre. But very, very cool. Very, very fun. Uh, but yeah, apologies to loyal listeners. No worries at all. I definitely contributed to the delay as well, but we are back in action here. Zencaster, the platform we record the podcast on, decided to update. It calls all of the files that we record the podcast on now playgrounds. I have absolutely no idea what that means. So we're going to have to figure that out. But anyway, today we're going to talk about a bunch of random topics from the past few months. I just kind of wrote 2022 NFL season preview question mark, and we can see where that takes us. I don't know if either of you guys had anything that was top of mind that we wanted to kick it off with, or are we just going to kind of go around in circles about some random topics? We can just jump around as we see fit, but I guess first thing, uh, my Giants named my guy and golf buddy Julian Love a captain today. Love that. Oh yeah, Finn. Love that. Love that pun. <laughs> love that unintentional pun. Um, yeah, dude's a good player. Sean's buddy. What more can you not love? Best friends. When you Venmo someone yeah. for golf, you automatically become best friends. Yes. Right, Colin? Uh, absolutely. That's how. That's how it all works. That's the law. Yeah, it's like, you, you know, you just, it's like water or dinosaurs. It's just the law of the universe. When you become, you've been with someone for golf, you are best friends. And it's set in stone forever. Then if you've been with someone for golf, minus food, plus drinks, <laughs> plus golf, minus food, divided by something else, that, that's different level. Different level. Julian hasn't gotten there yet. No, not quite. He's got a ways to go. He has to uh, have his feet turn blue and grow his head or shoulders. But he is the captain of the New York football giants. So 
that might uh, transcend. It may, but uh, let's start with your teams. Probably a little bit more exciting than the Giants at this point. Obviously, Colin, the Lions have generated a lot of buzz with hard knocks, uh, how they played at the end of last year, Dan Campbell uh, and Finn. Your Browns will ignore the Deshaun Watson headlines. They got some positive ones too. So uh, who wants to kick off? I mean, I don't really have a ton to say, <laughs> I guess, about the Cleveland Browns for 2022. Uh, we know Watson's down for 11 games. Um, Jacoby Brissett, I was already prepared for a lot of Jacoby Brissett coming into this season, so it's nothing like I wasn't expecting. And it's going to be a weird ride. That That's pretty much all I have to say there. Um, my Lions are, I think, I mean, you guys can tell me as outsiders, but it feels like there's been a very positive reception to the Lions on the yeah. Knox. It seems like they've kind of been on the national stage a little more. And they're just a fun team, man. Ben Campbell's fun. The coaching staff's fun. They're all players. And a lot of them seem like very talented coaches, specifically guys that I love have been Aaron Glenn and Calvin Shepard. I think those guys are freaking awesome. Uh, but, I mean, I'm excited. I'm really excited. I think that uh, there's been up and down in the preseason, but I don't know. I'm really excited for the direction of the team. Uh, I'm hoping – I would say this kind of as we go through, my expectation for this team is – I think that if it is pretty much entirely dependent on our pass defense because I'm actually not that concerned about our offense. I think our offense is going to be pretty good, assuming offensive line health, uh, or at least reasonable health, like not three of them injured, like maybe one of them or something, or two of them. But I would say if our pass defense can be like slightly below or in like the like at least like seven, like 25th percentile, if our pass defense can be 25th percentile in the league, I'm thinking we're going to win seven games. And if they can be like – but if they're worse than that, we might win four or three. And if they're better than that, we could win eight, eight, nine. So I'm excited. I'm really excited. Um, week one against the Eagles, let's get it. I'm ready to go. I want week one here, ASAP. And thank the Lord, Tim Boyle is gone. Roster cutdowns just officially happened. Get that man. And you know what? Cut David Blau, too. I'm super happy that his wife is his wife is a great sprinter. And you know what? Make her the quarterback. Because I am sick of watching David Blau. He is – you know what? Respect David Blau for having a few great performances as a lion. A few gutsy ones back in his days. But Jesus – Pete, this guy sucks. Our backup quarterbacks make me want to f- do the thing like the ostrich and like do he puts his head like two inches into the ground. That's what I want to do when I see David Blau or Tim Boyle throw a football. I The difference between me watching Lions football with Jared Goff at quarterback and watching Lions football with David Blau and Tim Boyle, I don't particularly like Jared Goff. He's fine. But my interest is just so infinitely – I mean, it, it goes from, like, required TV to, like, you. if you put me in front of it like a 
like a like a torture victim. Like you like strap me to a chair and like hold my eyes open like in SpongeBob and make me watch. Like I would just be screaming. It would be horrible. I can't even imagine. That's where we're at. So so give me Chris Streveler. Cut David Blau. I don't know. I don't know if this is where we want to. I don't know if we want to segue. I Sean, maybe you have anything to say about the Giants. Give me Tarad Taylor. But and once we get into the preseason, I'll talk a little more about the many quarterbacks I would rather have than David Blau or Tim Boyle at back quarterback. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Colin, you mentioned the percentiles. The way I'm looking at the Giants is if their offense was dead last or next to dead last last year. You get a new coach, you're with Josh Allen. You put some pressure on Danny Dimes and Saquon and make or break years. Maybe we can do something. Um, but, yeah, not a not a ton to think about as we head into this year. No headliners. I think Taylor puts a little bit of pressure on Danny Dimes. I think Saquon has no more excuses left. Uh, hopefully, Kayvon Thibodeau is okay. Evan Neal should play well and should help Saquon and Danny Dimes, we hope. Um, but yeah, uh, really only up from here, new coach. Uh, but unlike Collins Lions, I feel like the vibe's kind of the same at this point. I think if they win a couple games, maybe that could change. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much all I've said to the Giants, uh, so far starting at the Titans opportunity to start strong against like a upper echelon team. And yeah, it's pretty much all I got so far. Yeah. One thing I forgot to mention with you guys mentioning their week one matchups. We haven't done a podcast since Baker Mayfield got traded to the Panthers. We have not. I almost forgot that happened. (laughs) Yeah. So we knew he wasn't going to be in the Browns. (laughs) He wasn't going to play for the Browns ever again. Um, I guess it's as good of an opportunity as you could hope for if you're Baker. He won the starting job over Sam Darnold, which I don't really think surprised anybody. I uh, still think it's a lame duck year for Matt Rule, but Baker's got a chance to go out, play this entire season, audition for a chance with another team next year. I think it could work out for him. Still think he is a NFL starting quarterback of, or of NFL starting quarterback caliber. Um, the fact that they play Cleveland week one is a bit unfortunate, but it should make for great TV. It would be very, very funny if Baker comes out, plays an amazing game. I would laugh my ass off. I'm not going to lie. It, it would be extremely funny if that happened. Maybe a little sad. If the Baker also- if Baker beats the Browns by three touchdowns, what happens? Honestly, like, this season is such a clusterfuck already anyway. Just bring on – if they're going to – if the Browns are going to go full, like, implosion, like – the sun imploding it on itself. Let's just make it as funny as possible and start with Baker blowing out the Browns. If you couldn't tell, I'm in a great <laughs> mental state ahead of this football season. It's in a that great team. fan state. I mean, <laughs> it's fan, a great spot. How about we, how about, uh, it's a good thing there's so much optimism in New England <sighs> uh, around, <laughs> around the Matt Patricia's God. offense firing on all cylinders that nobody, nobody. Clearly, like everyone predicted that this would go amazing for the Patriots, and it has. There's been, I mean, two seamlessly operating franchises is what you have. Let me tell you, that's not looking much better (laughs) right now, for being honest. 
Um, I mean, nothing is particularly good on the roster. I mean, if it all hinges on what Mac Jones can do in year two, if he takes a step, even if they're not, you know, going to a Super Bowl run like years past, I think that's a win for this season. But in a loaded AFC, I don't see them making it very far in the playoffs if they do get that far. And the floor on this team is top 10 pick stuff. If Matt Patricia's <laughs> going to call the plays like we expect a man who has only been a defensive coach to do. So I still think they could fight for a wild card spot, but that's kind of the ceiling. Yeah, it's a good thing that for your second year quarterback who showed some promise, undoubtedly, as you said, him taking a step would be the most important thing this team could have. It's a good thing you're surrounding him for success with first-time offensive coach Matt Patricia calling plays and never-been-a-quarterback's coach Joe Judge as the quarterback's coach. Just after you uh. now are, you've let Josh McDaniels leave, or not let him leave, but now your long-time offensive, widely respected offensive coach has left, that is who you go with on the replacement. Finn, this sounds like your fantasy league with coaches where someone waited until the last round to pick and is like, dang it, I have these guys unfit the positions, but I'll make it work. Um, yeah, I don't know. How did that happen? Bill's weird, man. That's that's all I got to say. He like always did the thing where he never named a defensive coordinator. Not that he never did it, but... I mean, if the Patriots... It's- Go ahead. Oh no! Oh no! Have we lost them? Sorry. Right. If the if the Patriots implode and they go two and fourteen because and Matt Patricia gets fired or not gets fired but gets demoted from calling offensive plays like halfway through the year, like and Tom Brady goes to the NFC Championship and or Super Bowl again. I mean, does that change the legacy a little bit for Bill and Tom? Like, people for so long, I feel like, gave – it was either equal. Mm. People attributed the Patriots' success equally to Bill and Tom, or it was slightly in favor of Bill, and then Tom was the one. Nobody ever called Bill overrated, but everyone called Tom overrated. Or a lot of people did. Is that flip a little bit? Like, if this goes in a poor direction this year – like, I know it's not really fair, but two years post-Tom Brady, three years post-Tom Brady, and Tom's – had a ton of success and, and Bill hasn't is that, I wonder what that says. I, I think if that situation plays out, like you just said, it just elevates Tom more. I don't think it necessarily demotes Bill Belichick in any way, because I think by this point, most people would agree to the sense that they helped each other immensely more than it was just one carrying the other. Um, we found out since Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay that he's even more of a mutant than we thought he was and that Bill still did an impressive job getting a team that on paper wasn't the most talented in the world to the playoffs last year. Again, we'll talk about exactly what happened in that playoff game. But certainly I could imagine the, the conversation on the, the morning shows appearing if that scenario plays out like you just said, Colin. Yeah, Finn, Never I have to know. back you there. I, I don't. I don't think you can. You can retroactively like change someone's legacy like that. Like I don't think those Patriots teams do anything if they don't have a rock solid defense. If they don't have that random little 
white slot slot wide receiver running all over the place if they don't have like all these random guys that Bill picked out and uh, just that overall character and attitude, which I think Tom still embodies. I mean, so where do we want to go next, boys? Do we want to go to preseason, like like takeaways? Do we want to go to like I don't know. I don't even. There's so much to cover. There's there's no defined. I mean, have we even? We've been back, like, since the QB carousel ended, really? Like, I don't even remember what we talked about in the last show. The last show we did was a uh, NFL draft review. We did it right after the draft. So, like, had the dominoes fallen in the QB market then? Like, I mean, Tyreek wasn't traded, was he, at that point? I think he literally just got traded right before we did that show. I can pull up the last one just to be sure. But if you want to talk about oh, that, sure. we can. It's been so long. I mean, it has been a long. Oh, no, it looks like – yeah, it looks like he was traded by them. Uh, so, more importantly, what was our top five in our last show? Oh, God, I don't even have anything written down for that. I don't even know. God, I have the most outdated top five today. <laughs> it's from months ago. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. But – uh. I don't know if you had any preseason thoughts. Admittedly, I didn't watch a ton of preseason football, but if you have some takes, fire it off. I mean, obviously early, don't want a victory lap early. It tends to go poorly. But I'm starting to feel like my team included, my team specifically even maybe, this is kind of related to my Lions back of quarterback rant, really seems like we may have been too low on these quarterbacks in this class, considering that all of them have looked, or a lot of them have looked pretty good so far. I mean, Trubisky, I mean, sorry, not Trubisky. Pickett is battling Trubisky and has looked great. Ritter has shown promise. And I mean, we all said Malik Willis has the physical tools. I don't think that maybe anyone guessed he would look as physically dominant as he has against NFL defenses like, it looks like he's still playing at Liberty. Really, it seems like a lot of these physical traits that people – or physical, like, play style assumptions people made about him seemed to not really – I mean, look, right? Like, you, I mean, you're telling me that Trey Lance was worth three firsts and taken at three overall and Malik Willis was a middle of a third-round pick? Like, you're telling me that we took – the Lions took – well, we have – one of the worst quarterback rooms, if not the worst quarterback room in the NFL. We took Josh Pascal, who I have nothing against Josh Pascal, who has been injured all preseason, over Malik Willis. I mean, who has just been shredding defenses with his legs in the preseason. I mean, you never know what's going to happen to these guys in preseason to preseason. It's going to be take some real games, but I mean, I'm hopeful for these guys. Ritter looks like I. If I were to guess, I mean, Corrales looked putrid. Uh, did he? He, he might have gotten caught. Did he get caught? I didn't say. I think. That. I think he's hurt and out for the season. Oh well. He, well, that's. He looked bad before he got hurt. Corral looked bad. Strong got caught, but like, Pickett will start at some point in the season. Ritter will probably start at some point this season, and Willis won't start, but he may have looked. That's just in the nature of he's actually behind a really good player, Ryan Tannehill. But 
I mean, hey man, I I uh, I would put it this way: if I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan or a Titans fan or a Falcons fan, I'm pretty darn happy with the fact that we got these guys in the third round, considering this how, how this preseason has panned out so far. Totally agree with all of that, especially when you look at what happened today with the Vikings cutting Kellen Mond loose after one year after he was a third-round pick. These middle-round guys don't always show promise. To have, so to have this many of them at least look like NFL-caliber quarterbacks in some way this early on is very encouraging. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean... Put it this way, Finn. I, uh, as a Browns fan, I would not be happy with Kenny Pickett looking pretty good as a hometown pit guy. Uh, that would be that would be if if he turns into a franchise guy, the Browns may be relegated to obscurity forever. There may never be like these. If Lamar Pickett and Burrow turn into elite franchise guys, or even mediocre franchise guys in Pickett's case. It's it, it may be the implosion of the century, of the universe. It may be the most hurtful one. I don't know if that you would agree. As I have no idea what it's like. Like, they're already in, like, some kind of... Like, we always do the, the joke of, like, fire them into the sun. They've always been in, like, the canon in some way, but I feel like they've never been closer to, like, fully just... Doing something so spectacularly terrible that it's going to just be the final, like, oh my god, the Browns will always be the Browns. And if Kenny Pickett ends up panning out and being another great franchise quarterback in the AFC North, then um, they'll be en route to the solar system. Yeah, unfortunately, they might be. And Pickett has looked really, really good this preseason, but... The funny thing I have about Kenny Pickett is I've seen him twice this summer at Jersey Shore Bar. Twice? Twice. That's wild. He's just a normal Kenny dude. Just, just going to the bar with his high school friends. Just no security, no people. Just there. Pretty cool. All right. Is there any other preseason stuff? Do we want to do a? I don't know if we're gonna do another. Maybe we'll do another show before week one. But do we want to do a week one preview? How are we feeling? Uh, I mean, um, this is not a big preseason takeaway, but we can do uh, Alex. Alex Leatherwood got cut. <laughs> the Raiders drafting is so bad. I can't. Oh god! I, what are they? Like, this is the most predictable. Like just the worst. There's a tweet I've ever seen in the NFL ever was the Raiders. Like not even remotely close. How freaking terrible it was. It's special. Oh it God. is truly, truly special. Yeah, this is from uh, Roger Sherman, who works for the Ringer. The Raiders hired a TV draft analyst as their GM and immediately had one of the worst drafting runs of any team in recent NFL history. It's just, you can't put it better than that. It's exactly what happened. i got to pull they up the be, list here. They've become the Knicks of the NFL, drafting-wise. Yeah, but I feel like it's 
even worse because the Knicks, I mean, obviously they've had a lot of draft swings and misses. So, but not Mitchell all Robinson was the first draft pick they had signed to a second contract since 1994. Oh, yeah, that's pretty bad. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> these are the Raiders' first-round draft picks from the last three years. Again, you're expecting there would be three first-round draft picks over the last three years. No, there are six of them. Here we go. 2019, they had three. Cleland Furl, Josh Jacobs, and Jonathan Abram. They declined the fifth-year option on all three of them. 2020, Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett, both cut, both in legal trouble. 2021, Alex Leatherwood. Not any off-the-field stuff that I'm aware of. He just, they cut him <laughs> for one year, their first-round pick. It's incredible that the Raiders are always so consistent with drafting the -the off-the-wall player in the first round, and it almost never works out. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. The only reason you hire the TV draft analyst is to have better draft, right? Like, that's the whole... That's his whole value proposition, is that he's like a draft guru, and then... Mm -hmm. Dude, crazy. Very similar to the... uh, one of my favorite screenshots of all time, the Urban Meyer on Fox Sports screenshot of things to do to like get out of being a struggling team. And it was like accountability, like listening to players, like all of the stuff that Urban Meyer doesn't do. Yeah, it's like that with Mike Mayock, like lead NFL draft analyst immediately goes on one of the worst drafting runs in NFL history. Incredible. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, in terms of events that we haven't covered, have we? We have, we didn't. We must not have covered the the Kyler Murray contract situation, did we? Oh my God! Wow. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, I forgot. So, a couple things. Kyler Murray contract. Aaron Rodgers is off the deep end. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, we'll start with Kyler Murray. I can't like. You never know, right? Maybe it's the, but like generally speaking, like a team wouldn't like take the. They're like you have to really have a problem with his video game habits to st- try and stuff that in the contract. Like, man, I can't imagine like a grown man playing quarterback making millions of dollars, and you're like, you, you can't play too many video games, like. Jesus Christ, dude. That's, it's just it's such a bad look for everyone involved. In my, It's wor- way worse of a look on the Cardinals than Kyler Murray. <laughs> but still not a great look for Kyler Murray in the sense that the team or his employer thought it was necessary to do something like that. But if you're the Cardinals, like, what, what, what the fuck, man? <laughs> you're trying to police him like he's a, a child? I mean, there, there's. I feel like there's. It looks bad for the Cardinals in terms of, for me, like the decision making aspect of like you don't trust this guy not to play video games, yeah. but you're going to give him two hundred and fifty million dollars. But in terms of like, I, especially considering how much there's been like a, a good amount of press about like Kyler Murray's like, or there's been a lot of more rumblings than you would normally get about Kyler Murray's. Uh, we'll call it like off the field work ethic and football 
I'm not dedication because he's an elite athlete. Clearly, he's dedicated to the game, but his maybe doesn't approach the game in the way a lot of pro quarterbacks approach the game. And some of times his teammates, like the rum, these right. This has just come. A lot of people have said things of similar ilk that sometimes his teammates do not appreciate the way that he behaves. But like, I mean, yeah, not a good look from. If I'm the Cardinals and you're like, man, I don't know if this guy's like, a, if they're going to be able to get him to stop playing video games and watch film, but like, I don't know, we're still going to give him $250 million. Like, it seems like the trust level, there's, there's two things that don't compute there. But also, like, I don't think that, clearly there's a reason that they wanted to put that in the contract. So like, if I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm like, oh, good. We're giving, like, this is like, you're given it's like the dude at your work who just like watches YouTube all day, like like low key and just like kinda like skates by, but he's pretty smart, so he just like gets enough done and then they're like he makes a ton of money. It's like, oh everyone just kinda looks at that guy like, Oh, like come on, dude. Like that's what Kyler Murray it seems like he might be. So it's not the dude who's at work podcasting? It's the other way around. <laughs> that guy it loves would be like that guy is dedicated to the to the game. I'll tell you. Attitude. Attitude. Um, uh, Finn, I may have skipped ahead a little bit, Finn. Um, yeah. But I was looking at the outline, and Finn's featuring the Mets in his Baltimore material is electric. Yes, I yeah I <laughs> I went through my Twitter likes from the past four months and <laughs> found some good stuff. What were you about to say, Colin? Uh, I don't know if we want like I don't really have a lot to say about Aaron Rodgers. I feel like enough's been said already, but like I don't understand how it's not a violation of league policy to do ayahuasca, but it is a violation of league policy <laughs> to smoke marijuana. <laughs> I never thought about that. That's such a great like, question. <laughs> it's not like ayahuasca is legal. Like it's highly, highly illegal. Like DM, DMT, which is the active. I believe is the active ingredient in ayahuasca. I'm not completely certain. Believe it's a form of DMT. Uh, is very, very, very illegal. Like it's not. It is a Schedule something drug. And clearly, I, I mean, it's not like I don't. I am. Sh- it shocks me that like Aaron Rodgers just goes around like, oh, I'm doing ayahuasca in like the woods for two months, and dudes can't like smoke pot after a game. It's pretty. Just unbelievably wild to me. I mean, hey man, whatever. I guess that guy. Like, I I can't even imagine. The, I mean, we've heard it on this show from knowing you for a while, but the level of hatred that you have for Aaron Rodgers, and then just to see the run he's been on for the last year of saying the wildest shit. With seemingly nothing happening, Tim, is Dude, must be infuriating for you. It is so upsetting because, like, it seems like before when I would say I hate Aaron Rodgers, he's a piece of garbage. Everyone's like, oh, he gets a lot of hate in the media. He's not that bad of a guy. And then now it seems like more people hate Aaron Rodgers, or at least like people realize why other people hate him or dislike him. But like. The dude can literally do whatever he wants. Like he, he doesn't have to follow any vaccine protocols. Doesn't matter. Just gets like brushed away. Doesn't. He can just like. I mean, so I looked this up. DMT. The active ingredient in ayahuasca is DMT, and DMT is a Schedule One drug, so it's like heroin. It's on the same illegal scale in the United States as heroin. 
and Aaron Rodgers can just shoot up heroin before a football game. And whoop the freaking do. He just goes back on the field because he's Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's just – I don't know. I don't know. I guess Aaron Rodgers is like he's, – he's like Rango, dude. He's just above the law. He is the, he is the law. And it's, it's a shame. It's a goddamn shame. Well, there's one thing I do know is that even if Aaron Rodgers had one ass cheek and three to- three toes, Dan Campbell will still beat his ass. Yeah, dude, thank the Lord. I need I need someone to just freaking crush Aaron Rodgers. It's just like, just destroy him, please. I mean, it's, gosh, it's ridiculous. Um... I think I have one more preseason storyline. Let's go. Is is the NFL? Are we just like? Are we? Is this the official stance of the NFL that it's only a punishable offense to hit someone with your helmet in a game? It's not. Uh, as long as you hit someone with your helmet in practice, you're not going to get suspended. I don't know, dude. <laughs> did you guys see that video? Like, that was yeah. Crazy. Yes, I did. Of course, he's referring to the the Aaron Donald incident in Rams Bengals joint practices a few days ago, where Aaron Donald, I believe, was holding two Bengals helmets and uh, tried to hit somebody with one of them. He's playing whack a mole with the helmet, like it was crazy. Dude. Yeah, I, I don't I, know, man. I definitely saw a lot of stuff about the you know oh you know Aaron Donald gets nothing, but Miles Garrett you know got all this stuff. Side note, anytime that you try and frame that as like, oh yeah, they're like out for Miles. Miles did a bad thing, man. We're not trying to defend Miles Garrett here. It is a little interesting that the response to Aaron Donald has been so lackadaisical. Of course, you know, it's not a primetime game like the Garrett incident was, or not a um even an NFL game. It's just joint practices, but it is wild that like seemingly nothing happened and the Rams are like, yeah, we'll handle it in house. It's like, okay. Yeah. I, dude. It, I mean, like you can, like the NFL is like, Oh, we don't have, we don't have jurisdiction over practices, but they have jurisdiction over like Terrell Pryor selling autographs, like <laughs> four years before he got into the NFL somehow. Like it's yeah. just shot. I mean, like I don't understand how it doesn't fall under the current personal conduct policy. Of like you can discipline a guy for literally anything off the field, but you can't discipline him for something like. I mean, hey man, I don't know. You know what? Whatever. But like, it really just seems like it's kind of like, which I guess we've always known partially is that like for the NFL, it's just a public. It's once the publicity thing is out of the picture, it's they don't really actually care. They care about the product on the field and then the publicity, and then that's basically that's what that's that's in order one and two. Those are what they care about. I don't know, but I don't, I don't know if you guys. I think that's kind of like. Oh, side note: who, whoever thought that was a good idea to put those guys or to, whoever like the teams. I don't know how they organize the joint practices. Whoever thought that was a good idea is was wrong. They should reevaluate their decision making on that. I I think the joint practices overall are a good thing, but I, I feel like I haven't seen one where there hasn't been a huge fight. <laughs> like the the Panthers came to New England to do a joint practice with the Patriots. They got in massive brawls back-to-back days. Those teams have no 
like relation to each other, no prior bad blood, if, unless you're counting like the 2003 Super Bowl, that Rams and Bengals played each other in a competitive Super Bowl months ago. Who thought that was a good idea? God. Someone, someone, someone thought it was a good idea. I don't think they were correct. Do we transition to other stuff or stick on NFL Week One? We can do. We can go into NFL Week One. I think we've kind of we've covered a lot of major storylines. Cool. I gotta make a new game picks document. This is very exciting. First game. On that Thursday is a great one. I believe it is Rams-Bills. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Yeah, Bills at Rams. NBC. What a way to start the season. I don't... I mean, I don't even know how to pick this game right now. Both these teams are loaded. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to... The two favorites, right? They got the two Super Bowl favorites. Got to be up there. Yeah, I I'd have to agree with you, and I was just moonlighting as a, a big brother and guidance counselor in addition to the podcast, so that's why I went MIA there. But yeah, I would have to agree. I this has to be the two favorites, and I think could this be the year the Bills get it done? I, I think it could be. Um, I'd go Bills. I think Josh Allen has had a couple really good years in a row. Uh, that defense comes together. They've got as good a shot as anyone coming out of the AFC. This was unplanned. Do we want to do a, like the game pick stock right now, or just talk about some general? Yeah, let's 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 uh, let's 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 pick. Let's do some picks. Why not? All right. Sounds good. I will be typing it out. It's like I mean. Cross country, cross country game at and this is wait is this Buffalo's at home is this what or is this no it's in Cal it's Rams Rams home game correct current the Buffalo's favored by two and a half right now uh, I'm gonna go Rams I think I mean I Stafford apparently has had an elbow thing kind of troubling him during practices so hopefully that clears up but. I mean, and the Bills, I'm excited. I'm excited for both to watch both these teams. And I think they're, I mean, I really, I don't know how much incrementally there is. Uh, these guys like change from last year. They're both just bringing back a whole loaded loaded team. But yeah, I think I'm going to take Rams. This is going to be a great game, but I think the week one cross country aspect of it gives the edge to the Rams. I picked the Bills. I can't argue with you on that. Take, take, taking, the, taking the favorite when we both took the underdog, I would 100% agree. Yeah, it was, uh, it was tough. But uh, I actually stopped in Buffalo on my family vacation last week or two weeks ago. Um, Buffalo is everything you would hope and dream. Uh, everyone is wearing a Bills shirt. They serve Buffalo wings everywhere. I went to the home of the Buffalo wing, the original Buffalo wing, uh, it kind of reminded me of John's Bleaker Pizza, to be honest. So it's like, 
it was still Buffalo Wing. Was it very good? Yes. Was it everything I hoped and dreamed? Did it change my life? Probably not. But I have been in the Anchor Bar now. Everyone in Buffalo is wearing a Bills shirt. Everyone's looking forward to football season. And, yes, it is true. Um, it gets, like, really nice in the summer, and I'm sure it's, like, really, really bitter, brutal. And the only thing you can do in the winter is watch Bills games. And I almost went to the Bills-Patriots preseason game. Oh. An excellent impromptu review of the city of Buffalo. Yes. Love to hear that. Moving on to the Sunday 1 o'clock slate. Heated rivals Saints at Falcons. Falcons are going to be bad. Here are the Saints. Yeah, I'm going Saints also. Hopefully, uh, these guys, Saints open it up a little bit this year. I mean, hopefully you'll have, I mean, you got Chris Olave. Hopefully your Thomas will be healthy finally. I don't, I'm still unsure of whether that's going to happen or not, or if it's just going to, for like the third straight season, he's just going to like not play again. But if they open this thing up with Jameis and he looks like, takes care of the ball like he did last year, this could be a fun team. I think they're definitely taking Saints and I, I'm hopeful for the Saints this year. They're going to be fun to watch. Yeah, um, I think the Falcons are just really, really, really terrible. Uh, but you guys went with the Saints, and I already picked against you once, so I'm going to go Falcons. Uh, I really have no reason behind this, but we're going Falcons. Marcus Mariota revenge tour. I, I think they might be slightly better than I thought they were going to be, but I thought they were going to be the worst team in the NFL. So there is that. Uh, speaking of some of the worst teams in the NFL, the Bears are hosting the 49ers. Trey Lance getting his first shot at starting a full season. The Bears are bad. 49ers. Bears are so bad. I mean, Kyle Shannon, 49ers fans are going to get an up-close look at Trey Lance versus Justin Fields and, and – the ramifications of that decision. So I'm interested to see how, because uh, gee, Justin Fields has had a great game in his last preseason game. I'm really, I mean, if he, he didn't have the worst supporting cast in the NFL around him, I would be very excited for in the season. And right now I'm only moderately excited. I'm picking the 49ers, but I actually did think about picking the bears in this game. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pick the 49ers though. I have to. Um. Yeah, I'll go with you, Colin. I think the Niners have a much higher ceiling. The Bears are just like the Giants of the Midwest. Dude, the Bears like they could be like they could be really bad if they if things go poorly for them. If if yeah, I mean like without Justin Fields, this team is the worst team in the NFL. Like, like I don't think it's particular. I mean, you could argue like the Jet. I don't know. We even could argue. Maybe the Falcons. I don't know. The Bears Atlanta, Houston. I think have an argument there Houston's with Chicago. Bad. Yeah. AFC North matchup: Steelers at Bengals. Bengals. Even though I'm excited for the Steelers. Games oh, in thanks. Pittsburgh. I would have picked Pittsburgh, but I'm going to give the uh, the edge to Cincinnati. Sean, do you pick Cincy? Yep, picking Cincy, coming off a huge year where they made it to the Super Bowl. There's no way they lose to the Steelers, even if Kenny Pickett is playing. Yes. 
the Jersey Shore going Kenny Pickett. Eagles at Lions. Collins team. Obviously going with the boys, but I'm actually worried for this because every time I've seen us play a mobile quarterback recently, we've gotten absolutely shredded. So I would not be surprised if Jalen Hurts runs for 150 yards on us. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to pick us anyway and just hope to God that we figure out how to spy or contain or something. Yeah, that's that checks out. I do think the Eagles win this game, but I would not be surprised in the slightest if the Lions win. I like the the uh, mojo flying around the Lions right now. Positive attitude, good team. Uh, yeah, and I just really just like the Eagles. I don't care if it's David Blau playing quarterback or whoever it is. Uh, so the Lions squeak one out. Dan Campbell like drinks eight espresso shots, breaks some kneecaps, and you get a win in week one, Colin. Love it. New England at Miami, a game that's usually p- played in January, but this time opens up the season. They almost always lose this game, but I'm going to say they win this one because, again, like this game's usually in January. So switch the mojo. And were you going to – were you contain? were you like, – you're, you're out. You're gone. I'll go Miami. First game with – Tua, Tagliolia, and uh, Tyreek Hill. I think I'm also going to go Miami. I just like don't trust the Patriots at all, considering how this preseason's gone. And I don't think they have anyone to cover Tyreek Hill. I think they got beat by the Dolphins last year, like twice. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins also. What reason could you possibly have to not trust the Patriots, Colin? Is it is it, it looks a so player? Good. Is it? I mean, it can't be a coach, right? That hurt you. Well, I mean, I love all their coaches so much. It's shocking. I know. <laughs> yes, of course. I have no prior. Uh, I have no prior anger at any of their coaches, just because I love them so much. They were so good to me for so many years. Yes. Never forget. Ravens, Jets. Yeah, I think Baltimore's got this one. Yeah, yeah you, can say, you can say Lamar hasn't looked good. The Jets are still a ways away, in my opinion. I think the defense will be able to keep up okay, but I think the Jets will score like three points in this game. Talk about a, a fun one here. Jaguars, Commanders. <laughs> First game as the Commanders in the regular season. Uh, I mean... I'm going to go Jacksonville here. New year. Urban Meyer's gone. <laughs> Doug Peterson is a capable NFL head coach. Um, Carson Wentz doesn't exactly inspire confidence in me. Let's go Jaguars. I feel like the Jaguars uh, have been so bad for so long that you sort of forget about them. So I'll go Jaguars. I'm going to go Commanders, but I was also thinking about going Jaguars. just going to go with the home team. And it's early season, which means Wentz and McLaurin should both look good. And then by the time we get to like week eight, 
have my Solskjaer bars again. The, the Colts only needing to beat the Jaguars last season to get into the playoffs and then losing in Week 18 is one of the funnier things that's happened in the NFL in the last few years. Um, Browns-Panthers. This is going to be so much fun. <laughs> I honest, I mean, of course, there's a heavy amount of bias playing into this here. I do think Cleveland's defense is much improved. And I think their rushing attack can do enough to win this game. Although, it would be very funny if Baker beat them. Uh, I'm going to go with the favorite, the Carolina Panthers. Yep. Yep. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm, rooting, I'm rooting for chaos here, Finn, too. Sorry. No, it, you don't have to apologize at all. I, I honestly would be fine if they lost this game. Um... Colts, Texans. One, two, three. Colts. 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 Oh, I also forgot to mention, uh, my grandpa has drafted me as his partner in his, like, knockout pool at his uh, country club with his friends. Mm-hmm. I-, I feel like I'm going to need a lot of help in sports talk therapy here. This is high stakes. I've been replaced by my uncle, who I think has not missed a single Jets game in, like, 40 years of existence. Oh, my God. I think that might be the pick week one. The uh, the Texans losing. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. argue. Yeah, I can't like argue with that. Giants and Titans. Titans. It's way too early Giants. in the season for me to go with my pick against my team and they win strategy. So Giants. I honestly think the Giants might win this game, too. I feel like they've had a, f- a few instances over the last couple of years where they come out the gates hot, everybody's like, ooh, look at the Giants, and then it, it takes a turn for the worst here. So, <laughs> sorry, Sean, that wasn't the most optimistic outlook on your team, but I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game. Titans are, are pretty thin at wide receiver. We'll see how it goes. Packers-Vikings. Vikings are another team I forget about that aren't that bad. They also aren't that good. Green Bay. They're sort of there. Yeah. The great going Vikings at home. Them. Kevin O'Connell, Aaron Rodgers, his brain is still tripping from the Alaska. <laughs> Go Packers. I don't think they start slow again. Chiefs, Cardinals. New look Chiefs. New contract, Kyler. Yeah, what do we think about the Chiefs receiving, like Chiefs without Tyreek Hill? I mean, it's a big loss. Hurt, right? Yeah, I mean. They're going to be fine. It's a big loss for sure, but. I mean, Juju, is it Juju, Juju stepping up again? Is that who it's going to be? Because, like, there's not a lot of Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, Sky Moore. There's enough pieces there to still have a good passing offense. And, of course, you have Patrick Mahomes throwing it to them, so that's going to make people better. I think the Chiefs win this game. Yeah, I'm going Chiefs also. I have the Chiefs as well. I think this will really be the year where we get to see 
if it's Patrick Mahomes, his $500 million contract or his weapons. And I think it's a combination of both, but I think Mahomes will be good enough to win like 12-ish games as per usual. Raiders Chargers. Best division in football. Week one divisional matchup. Uh, Bad vibes in Vegas. (laughs) Cutting Alex Leatherwood. I mean, I know it's Kind of cherry picking the basis off of that one thing, but they're just a weird team. I think the Chargers are on the up and up. The Raiders are a weird team, but I actually, I mean, with Devontae, Devontae Adams' acquisition, I would be pretty excited if I'm a Raiders fan. Uh, at least, and then now, like, you got Devontae Adams. You've gotten rid of John Gruden. I feel like you can't really ask for, for more. Uh, but I'm still going Chargers, I think. Uh, I can't pick the Raiders, the Raiders this early, but I do feel like, at least for, like, we're going to get, they're going to play at all these divisions. These divisions are going to be really fun this year, and I could see a lot of, like, upsets. Or, like, I could see a lot of shootouts and a lot of, like, just. This is one of the more offensively stacked divisions I think I've ever seen. The Chargers. Yeah, I think the Chargers take a step forward this year. We'll go with them. Sunday night football, Tampa Bay at Dallas. Brady off of his alleged appearance on The Masked Singer. Of course, it's not true. That was very funny. Uh, Tampa's I'm, I'm picking loaded. all the NFC East teams to lose, and the Giants being first place at the end of Week One. Why stop now? There you go. Tom beats Tom. I'm, I'm gonna go. Tampa. I can't believe this is only a one and a half point line. That's like very small. This game. I'm going Bucks also, but I'm really tempted. Even though the Cowboys, I don't. I mean, no Tyron Smith. Like I don't know, no freaking Mary Cooper. But, but I'll go Bucks. Final Week One matchup: Monday Night Football. Russ returns to Seattle. Broncos at Seahawks. Broncos country. Let's ride. I think if the Seahawks stole Russell Wilson, they'd be a better team than the Broncos with Russell Wilson. <laughs> Straight up back and forth. Yeah. Um, they have the quarterback. They win the game. Go Broncos. Uh, Broncos. I really, really, really wish Julak was starting for the Seahawks. No. Uh, for entertainment purposes or for football purposes? Fun bad, Finn. Fun bad. Fun. Okay, yep. Yep, I'm with it. Okay, fun bad. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. Drew Locke is fun bad. Not they're they're going to be bad. so... They're going to be so bad. <laughs> yeah, they're in that conversation, too. Maybe not quite as bad as a, a Houston or an Atlanta or a Chicago, but... Yeah, I mean, we're really going to see, like, how much Russell Wilson carried the team, and I think it's going to be a lot. Yes. Like, I think it's, we're going to be like, wow... They're a lot worse than that Russell Wilson. It's not going to be, oh, that's surprising. Pete Carroll's a way better coach than we thought he was. Like, no, it's no. it's going to be the other way. Yes. 
I'll be right back, boys. Uh, keep going. I'm All right. Colin, going to pick up the two brooms. Love that. An impromptu game picks in the middle of the show. Never done before. That's usually our closer. So we got to kind of transition back into our, our stuff. We caught me a bit off guard there, Finn. I picked up a phone call from my sister. I was sort of tuning in, and then I hung up. We're doing game picks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what should we go to, Finn, while we wait? Uh, baseball. I love baseball. <laughs> First place? First place and holding off a team that is on pace. If we discount their April and May, they'd be on pace to win like 125 games. The Braves are 500 against the Mets, and before the the series against the Cardinals, I believe they were 25 and four against everyone else. Uh, they're very very good, and they cannot catch the Mets. They've been first place the entire year, riding high. Degrom is back now, firing all cylinders. If you take out the month where Lindor played with a broken finger after slamming it in a hotel door by mistake. He'd be an MVP candidate. He's been unbelievable. Pete Alonso leading the league in RBIs. Max Scherzer pitching like a Cy Young candidate. And Edwin Diaz. Who would have thought, Frank? This man. I chills every time. I'm playing the invisible trumpet right now. So you just humming that out. Uh, but it's unbelievable. I think I've been to seven games this year, and six of them I've gotten the trumpets and every single time. It is so cool. Uh, by the way, Timmy Trumpets is there live tonight, and it's currently a tie game in the sixth. Wait, the so, man? The man. Timmy threw out the first pitch. What? That's amazing. So, yeah, so uh, there's a chance that we could get live Timmy Trumpets, which would be absolutely fantastic. But Edwin's been unhittable. He's actually been off his game recently. He's not striking out every batter. He's striking only out like one out an inning. But there was a time where he was striking out, I think, 18 per nine innings. Damn. Uh, And Mark Canna, this man has a food Instagram account, which is what he was known for before the season. They acquired him from the A's. He was a solid player. And – uh, Billy Upler, who's made all the right moves, which we'll talk about more in a second, tried to acquire Tyler Naquin, former Indian, to platoon with uh, Canna. Canna said, ah, no, I don't like that. The man has 13 extra base hits in his last 12 games. He hit two home runs to beat the Phillies. He had a, a double to beat the Rockies. He said clutch hit after clutch hit. He had a no-doubt home run today to tie the game. This guy comes up, cool, calm, collected, just ties baseball games. He's done it. Two weeks in a row, great character guy, an electric food Instagram account. I don't know what else you could ask for from a left fielder. This sounds like your favorite player of all time with, you know, clutch at bats, good attitude, and a food Instagram account. This is right yes. here out. He's, he's pretty good. Um, but I, I went to DeGrom's start last week, Finn. Nice. And I went right from the office. Had to make sure I was in my seat for Simple Man, his his walk-up song when he goes out for the first inning. Uh, it went DeGrom, DeGrom and Diaz in the same game. I could just die happy man that day. It's beyond perfect. 
and if the Mets beat the Dodgers Rush on this podcast, I might just go on a, a wild rant about the Mets making the World Series. <laughs> I would like to see that. I would like to see the Mets make a World Series. Um, you talked about Lindor a little bit. Talk about a mutually beneficial trade. That we always made the jokes about, like, oh, winning the trade when somebody went on a slump for a week. But Andres Jimenez made an all-star team for Cleveland this year, which is incredible. He's a really good player. He's great. I, I, and I'm not – that's the thing, is because Lindor is on my team, and Jeff McNeil has been unbelievable this season. Since the all-star break, Lindor and McNeil are 1-2 and two in F4 in the NL, which is ridiculous for your double play combo. But Jimenez wouldn't play on the Mets. Uh-huh. He just doesn't have a spot. And the Indians got him. He's unbelievable in the de- on the defensive end. And he can hit a little bit too. He gets on base and he can drive the ball. And uh, he's a piece like you can build around. You know he's going to be a successful player for years to come. So right, boys, I agree with you. Mutual beneficial trade. I can't really think of many others, to be honest. Usually very lopsided. And also – like. Additionally, Ahmed Rosario, I mean, for ever since he was involved in that trade, every article is like, oh, yeah, when's Cleveland going to dump Ahmed Rosario? He's really good this season. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how long it's going to last for, but he's been really good. So glad to see that. They're in first place in the AL Central right now. We'll see if they hold on to that, but they are, they're doing all right for themselves. Yeah, I mean, not bad at all, Finn. Not bad. Mm-hmm. And we're we're going to see a Guardians game fan in a month. Love to Not see that was so. I, was, I think I had enough. You're going to a different game. We're going to see a Red Sox game. That that's a different team, <laughs> different <laughs> <Yes>. situation. <laughs> different different favorite fin team. Yes. Red Sox Royals, not Guardians. Where am I going to see? I, I think I have Guardians tickets at some point. Okay. Do I? Maybe I did. I don't know. Colin, have you acquired pizza, or was that? Sean making the joke. No, that was uh there's no pizza in my future, unfortunately. Oh no, it's sad. Yes. Yes. We were just talking a little a little baseball while you were gone. I don't know if you have anything to, to chime in with there. Uh I do not wanna debate tigers have hurt me, so I don't. I'm good. Okay. I think I'm gonna abstain. I could respect that. Yeah. I think it's bulletin board time. I've emptied the many things that I've had piling up over the past few months. Picked out a few here. Can go rapid fire. Here we go. Starting off, this is a... uh, I'm going to read this. And I know it might be a little bit tough because some people might be on the page. But I want you to guess where this was, where this quote came from. Here we go. Life pro tip. Don't put up with anyone who is reckless with your heart. Life will be dramatically better if you don't pay mind to any heartbreaker. Unless it's the Pat Benatar song, or the Mariah Carey song, or the Led Zeppelin song. So to sum up, song form heartbreaker equals okay. Real life heartbreaker equals Tell them to scram. Can either of you guess where this quote was displayed? No. No idea. If you guessed on the Jumbotron at a Colorado Rockies game, 
you would have been correct. I have no idea what this was doing there. It was just displayed in the middle of the game at Coors Field in Denver. And I have no idea what to say about that. Anyway, moving on. couple of Mets things like Sean was talking about earlier. First up, we have the man, Buck Showalter. He said he changed the voice on his Waze app because the guy with the English accent was, quote, smug and, quote, pissing him off. He likes the Cookie Monster voice because you can't get mad at Cookie Monster. How much do you love him, Sean? He's perfect. Uh, he's a great leader. He's a great manager. I love when someone gets hit now. He, he's always come on the top step and looks really angry. And SNY, the Mets Broadcast Network, has put an animation on him where he turns red and steam comes out of his ears. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Buck's awesome. Great post-game press conferences. Whenever anyone asks him what someone's pitch count is, he usually says, like, however, however many the other team will let him throw. Like, joking that that's going to take out. Mm. Um, but, yeah, Buck's amazing. Uh, in Buck, we trust. In Buck, we trust. Speaking of trust here, I have a lot of trust for Mets relief pitcher Joely Rodriguez because, again, this happened in Denver. He just kind of took a chair and decided to sit out on the rock pile in center field. It, it, the vibe is immaculate. He's just sitting there with some sunflower seeds, a Red Bull, and a water bottle in a hoodie and living life. Ben, I'm afraid you may have jinxed us because Joely has entered the game. <laughs> <laughs> is he really? <laughs> what timing? What? Oh, pitching base is loaded. Oh, oh, and this quarter run. Oh, my. Oh, no. Poor Joely. Uh, anyway, similar thing with strange things happening in the bullpen. Uh, the Pirates' bullpen is growing banana peppers. I thought that was interesting. Nothing more to note there. Hi. <laughs> Yeah, you can grow peppers in a bullpen. It's growing peppers in a bullpen, as one does. And then, what is the next one I wanted to grab here? Oh, yeah. Cleveland Guardians have had a number of rookies debut this year, one of which is named Oscar Gonzalez. He's coming out of nowhere, played pretty well for them. His walk-up song is the theme song to SpongeBob because, quote, Kids love that song, and this is a kid's game after all. It's incredible. It's like a big power hitter every time he comes up to the plate and starts playing the Are You Ready Kids. And then there was this electric call a couple months ago when uh, he scored the winning run on a sack fly and a walk-off. Yeah, the announcer's getting excited about it, but like, having a chance to score here. And then as he ran towards home plate, he goes, Here comes SpongeBob, and the Guardians win the game. It was incredible. I love this guy. Um couple more here. Malik Willis randomly tweeted out, I wumbo, you wumbo, he, she wumbo. I thought that was great. And then the last one I had here was, I think there's a bit more discussion here too, the Jock Peterson Tommy Pham ordeal where Tommy Pham <laughs> punched Jock Peterson over an argument about fantasy football. You guys have any thoughts on that? I can't believe that was real. <laughs> yeah, wild. 
But yeah, it happened, and uh, I don't know. No one's taking Tommy Pham's side here. Current Red Sox now, Tommy Pham. That was all I had. That was a random chaos. All right. I got some bulletin board material here as well, boys. Um, I went through my, my – one of my life goals for 2022, which has not gotten done yet, was to, like, actually download Twitter on my phone. What? So, like, I can, like, save things and, like, oh. not just lose them. Uh, I just, Bleacher Report distorts my Mets and, and Giants and Knicks and the little basketball tweets for me. But then I just lose them. So, anyway uh, – I was going through my Insta- save things on Instagram and I realized they're 99% golf and like half percent food and then half percent bulletin board material. So a few times, Daniel Vogelbach has made my bulletin board. Most notably for his quote about home runs. I like my home runs like my donuts in bunches. Pretty that's, luxury. That's great. Um, my other bulletin board material... I clicked the top knot. All I see is golf. Oh, Robinson Cano in the SpongeBob Chihuahua jersey. Yes. Um, after getting after getting cut by the Mets, <laughs> he was signed by the El Paso uh, affiliate of the Padres. And yeah, I was wearing a SpongeBob jersey with like pants on it and like holes. Then he immediately got cut, which I, I loved because he's a bad man. And yeah, I don't like him. Um, and then my other bulletin board material, Colin, your guy, Dan Campbell. Doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek or in three toes, I will beat your ass on yep. the last mentality this season. Yep. Dude, he's he's got so many quotes. It's just like I really I, I decided spoiler, it's gonna be my top five. It's gonna be the best hard knocks slash moments, most of them being Dan Campbell quotes, just because I can't I don't think I have enough time in, in Baltimore to do it. So I'm going, I'm making its own thing today. Um, all right. I'm going to start with the U S open tennis account. <laughs> uh, sports center tweeted a clip of the serve and someone responded with a football a Seahawks uh, player as their avatar responded and said, not a sport. And then they re- the U S open tennis account, Responded back, not a sport, says the person about to watch 17 games of Drew Locke at quarterback. <laughs> um, uh, and then they they said, they said something back, and then the U.S. Open Tennis Count said, aren't there only 32 NFL teams, and it's a list of the top 40 NFL quarterbacks, and Drew Locke is 40. Uh, unbelievable. I love it. I love I love the, the content of just Seahawks fans just getting slaughtered on Twitter for no reason by the U.S. Open tennis account. Um, this is a this is a an exercise in scrolling through my 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 old. I'm trying to like. There's so many likes of like random golf tweets and random just things that it's gonna there's gonna be some 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 dead air here a little bit uh 
Babe Ruth hit 552 home runs after Betty White was born. Jesus. Pretty crazy. It is. Uh, Finn, did you watch the Manti Teo documentary? Ah, uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> was it worth watching? Yes. I, I'm going to say yes, it was. I was trying to think about if I should uh, if I should watch it or not. I mean, it's way more went into the hoax part of it than I ever thought did. There's some really fucked up shit going on there. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's like, do you want me to say a specific thing from it, or you want to be surprised? Sure, 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 sure. So, like, I mean. We're all familiar with the you know story of how they had the relationship over the phone, and it was actually you know a guy on the other end of the phone doing an imitation of a woman's voice. But apparently, at one point, the person that was carrying out the hoax decided to try and end it, but did so in the, the worst way possible by deciding to fake that she got like in a car accident. And then faked the noises, like the beeping and the breathing machine at a hospital, and made those noises over the phone to Manti, and then acted like Manti saying Lene's name was bringing her back to life. It was the craziest shit I've ever heard. It was insane. Dude, that's <laughs> so ridiculous. So insane. Man, I, I'm just glad at least that Manti appears to be doing better and that this documentary I think helped clear his name to some people but like man what a weird story yeah that's crazy that was a, I remember that being crazy at the time I bet that's even crazier and man yeah um this is just an excerpt from the preseason uh just this, this line should never have to be uttered anywhere Bears coach Matt Eberflus was non-committal about presumptive number two wide receiver Byron Pringle's availability for week one. That's a NFL gross. Insider Ian Rapport reports that Nikhil Harry has a high ankle sprain. There have been other more minor injuries to Justin Fields' already thin crew. Oh. At some points over the weekend, Fields was throwing to a three wide receiver set of Chris Fink, Nassimbo Webster, and Isaiah Coulter. Holy shit. Yeah. Disgusting. Darnell Mooney is the only one on that team who's a receiving receiver that deserves to be on a roster, which is just so depressing considering I like watching Justin Fields. But um, I'm going to go. I didn't think this was real when I saw it, but I'm going to go Antonio Brown. (laughs) About his biggest regret in his career. Oh, how did I forget about this? Uh, <laughs> wow. My biggest regret in my career doesn't involve calling my GM a cracker or showing up to Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet or throwing rocks at the UPS driver. And it definitely doesn't involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around the Jets stadium mid-game while throwing up juices. My biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, Antonio Brown, play a game live. 
Sure, I can watch the game afterwards, but I can't imagine what it was like for you all to see something like that. Like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks. <laughs> Antonio Brown on his biggest regret. Antonio Brown, sincerely AB. Okay. Had you not heard that before, Sean? No, I had not. What? Oh my god, you've been deprived of all of the Jesus at Red Rocks Dude. stuff. What is that? Dude. So random. Unbelievable, man. That guy is something something oh, else. My goodness. Um Cliff Kingsbury had Kyler Murray call plays during the fourth quarter of the Cardinals Bengals game. Uh Kyler Murray's plays. He had three drives, three plays, negative eight yards, punt, three plays, 13 yards, punt, two plays, negative two yards, end of game. Yep. <laughs> we'll just, uh, I think Cliff, like, low key had, there's some anim, like, there's just, some, like, there's a weird relationship, Cliff Kingsbury and Connor Murray. Seems um, like it. Yeah. And not sure. What's going on there? Um, I have one or two more. Um, yeah. I mean, Finn, how are you feeling? Like, do you think the Browns should have traded for? Jimmy? Like, I don't understand why they're not trading for Jimmy. Uh, I mean, at this, it seemed like their plan the entire time was when they targeted Jacoby Brissett early in free agency that he was their presumptive plan. I think if he were to have been cut by the 49ers, then maybe they would have showed some interest. But with that much draft capital they already gave up for Watson, I don't think they felt the need to give up even more for Jimmy G. Yeah. Even if it wasn't that much. You must be you must just be ready to punt on the season anyway, but like that's just like a lot to like it, at least if you have Jimmy you could like pretend that you're gonna be I mean I still I don't know how they're gonna be competitive if like they're maybe Jimmy I mean percent was fine for like the Colts and they were competitive. But, I have no idea uh, what to expect. Yeah I don't either. Um lastly Someone tweeted, as much as I love Lamar, a fully guaranteed, guaranteed deal is bad business. Just because it's a horrible franchise, the Cleveland Browns did horrible business giving Watson the contract. Doesn't mean other teams should follow. Uh, honestly, I'm hoping Lamar Jackson gets a 10-year half million deal. And Lamar Jackson responded to this random dude and said, you don't love Lamar. <laughs> uh, that's all I got for bulletin board. That was great. Yes. I like the other one, Finn, which was uh... – I think it was Jacoby Brissett when asked about how he cannot be Deshaun Watson. He said it's very easy not to be Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah, that's I saw that one. <laughs> that was a yeah. He's right. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. he's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know we're running up on time a little bit here. Do we want to 
We're doing top five. Yeah, we're going. I, I can speed mode my top five here because it's very outdated and I don't have an order in my head right now. We're just going to kind of roll with it. So schedule release announcements in the NFL have become more of a, a show over the past two years. I think they literally have a show on NFL Network for it. But teams find creative ways to announce the schedule. One of the ways was the Chargers making a thread of their 2022 opponents as Pop-Tarts, and I'm going to rank my top five favorite Pop-Tart comparisons to NFL teams from this. Some of them are pretty simple. It's like, oh, Houston, we're going to give you the, obviously, fake flavor barbecue rib Pop-Tarts. If you're Seattle, we're going to give you the coffee one, something associated with the area. But some of them are very random, and I enjoy them. Uh, coming in at number five here, it's the Arizona Cardinals. It's frosted strawberry Pop-Tarts. You're going to be like, oh, what's that? They're the mini ones because not only Kyler Murray, but like their entire receiving core is tiny. So that fits them well. Checks out. Coming in at number four, we're going to go with the Miami Dolphins getting aquarium gravel. <laughs> That's their Pop-Tart. Now, while this is like, oh, yeah, it makes sense, you know, dolphins, the joke's aquarium gravel, I just want to know the person who took the time to Photoshop the aquarium gravel Pop-Tart box. That's very funny to me that somebody spent time doing that and did, like, a really good job Photoshopping it. Number three, I don't really understand this one, but I think still think it's kind of funny. The Rams got compared to an Ikea bag. Sure, why not? Number two, we have the Jaguars. At first I was like, oh yeah, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, why? The Jaguars are apparently Croc-Tarts, which are Croc-flavored Pop-Tarts. And the logo on the Pop-Tart box looks like you know the holes in the Croc. I know the alligators live in Florida, but I don't really entirely know what's going on there. And then this is number one. I have absolutely no idea why the Indianapolis Colts are being compared to this, but I think it's hilarious. The Colts are Pop-Tart box flavored Pop-Tarts, and it's like one of those like images that has like itself repeating forever where it's the Pop-Tart box, and then the logo of the flavor is the same Pop-Tart box, which has the box within it. There's a lot going on here. This was from a few months ago. That's my top five. Tony, you want to go or should I take it? Solid top five fan. You can go. You can go, Sean. All right. I do not have Chargers opponents as Pop-Tarts. That is really something. What I have, inspired by tonight, uh, Timmy Trump is being in attendance at the Mets game for Edwin Diaz's walk-up. I have my top five pitcher and batter walk-up songs of all time. Number five. Jonathan Papelbon shipping up to Boston. Yeah. Peak of the Yankees Red Sox era, 2006, dropkick Murphys, uh, electric. Um, really, really cool. Like the crowd gets really into it. I know you might say Enter Sandman uh, is better because I think it is. It's coming to number four. Uh, really the original uh, outside of Trevor Hoffman's Hell's Bells. Uh, Enter Sandman, Mariano Rivera. It's an iconic run-in song. I guess it's run-in, not walk-up if you're a pitcher. Um, but, yeah, coming number four, Enter Sandman, Mariano Rivera. Number three, it's still my alarm clock, and it makes me really sad that that was seven years ago that I set that and that the Mets are in the World Series. 
uh, the circle of life, the no cinquenia uh, from the Lion King. Yoanna uh, Cespedes comes to bat. Everyone puts their arms in the air, holding an invisible baby monkey, uh, and the pitcher quakes in fear of the powerful bound that is about to step into the box. Call me in number two. I'm putting him number two, unfortunately. Uh, Edwin Diaz, Timmy Trumpets. I've been loving this ever since he put it back. The first year he was a Met, he used a different song, and he was horrible. Then he went back to Timmy Trumpets and got better, and this year he's been unhittable, untouchable, and it's turned into production. The stadium goes along with it. Whenever he goes to come in, all the scoreboards in the stadium go black as if it was a blackout, and they play a sound that goes like... And then they play like a heartbeat and then they start the song and they open the gate and he just plays it so well. He walks out slow and there's a really slow jog. And then by the time he's on the mound, you've got 45,000 people playing invisible trumpets and it's amazing. But I'm a simple man. Number one, Jacob deGrom, simple man, Leonard Skinner, amazing song, simple man. He is Jacob deGrom. Throwing 102 mile an hour fastballs, 95 mile an hour sliders, and just looking so effortless out there. Uh, the best pitcher in baseball, and when he stays healthy, he'll lead the Mets on a long playoff run. Hopefully, go straight to Timmy Trumpets in the bullpen. But that is my top five pitcher and hitter walkout songs. Honorable mentions: James Karinchek, Wild Thing, that was on there. Uh, Hell's Bells, Trevor Hoffman, as I mentioned. And for some reason, I don't know the name of the song, but whenever I think of a walk-up song, I think of Lucas Duda. Uh, so just shout-out Lucas Duda. Shout-out Lucas Duda. Good stuff. Love it. All right. I think it's time for the... Top five hard knocks moments so far through three episodes. Dan Campbell. Um, you know what? We're going to make this a top five slash top. We're going to include, there's a great article in The Athletic about Dan Campbell. And we're going to throw some of that in there. So first, we're gonna go. We're gonna focus on hard knocks. Uh, Aiden King or Aiden Hodgson, Billy Jean King, Billy Jean, great song, unreal performance, loved it, great start, honorable mention. At number five, uh, Josh Reynolds was just gassed after route, and Dan Campbell said, "Oh, Josh, uh, I would kiss you if you weren't breathing so hard right now." Love it. I love the relationship Dan Campbell has with the players. Uh, we had a tight end named Derek Dees and at the, the cut of the, the end of the episode two of Hard Knocks. Dan Campbell just ended the episode with a nice Dees nuts joke, which was just, just fantastic. Number three is the relationship between Deuce Staley and Aaron Glenn, where they just... Like, spend all of practice just, like, screaming at each other aggressively. Uh, like, I, I don't know. It's it's I've never seen coaches do this before. But it's just, like, so over the top. 
we're gonna have to we're gonna have to to, to do this real quick. Uh, all right. Yeah, I mean, it just just absolutely wild that they basically behave like <laughs> they're. They they behave kind of like the high school kids I knew like in the hallway, not at football practice, just like like posturing in the hallway. It's it's unbelievable. I love it. Number two, Dan Campbell, one ass cheek, three toes. But my favorite quote from Dan Campbell in this our knocks so far. Uh, he's talking about Josh Reynolds again, and he. Gives the most Dan Campbell description of a, of a person I've ever heard in my life. I didn't actually know that you could, like, that this was a description that, like, of a human being when I first read it. I was like, what? What is he talking about? Uh, Josh, he, he was basically going and talking about his nickname for Josh Reynolds, but apparently he has many nicknames for Josh Reynolds. He said... I call him the Praying Mantis. So there's there's nickname number one. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to start from the top. He's a different athlete. He's slippery, man. Campbell said, I call him the Praying Mantis. He is a spider of death. So far, he is slippery, a Praying Mantis, a spider of death. He's just... There's something about him. He's a freaking serpent. So he, he says... Uh, he is the, the praying mantis, a spider of death, and a freaking serpent. And I don't know what any of these nicknames mean, but but I love it. Uh, and I think we talked last year about Dan Campbell's venti Starbucks thing, where he goes to Starbucks <laughs> every morning and gets the vent. So not only does Dan Campbell go get two venti Starbucks coffees with two shots of espresso... So he's pounding – so for, for reference sake, a cup of coffee has 95 milligrams of caffeine. Dan Campbell is starting his day with 820 milligrams of caffeine. God. And also uh, uh, he's start, he's, he buys dip from 7-Eleven every day also. The, and then like he's starting his day with Copenhagen long cut and 820 milligrams of caffeine. His quote was, my coffee and my tobacco, I want to taste it. No cream or sugar, and I don't want wintergreen. Uh, he gets his sugar late at night when he crushes two or three pints of Talenti Gelato. Salted caramel <laughs> truffle is his favorite. Who is this guy? How is this man alive? He's crushing 960 calories of ice cream every night. God. Um... He sets his thermostat in his house like freezing cold always, like in the 50s, no matter what. Uh, he sleeps like three, four hours a night. I mean, it's, dude, it's, uh, like, for anyone who has The Athletic, they did a great job in this article because it's just, it's the most ridiculous thing. I think I've ever read in my life. Like, and they all love this guy, but like, man, he's uh, <laughs> he is a crazy, crazy son of a bitch. Is what Dan Campbell is. Yeah, that's that's what I got. 
What a guy. Monster. What a guy. Great stuff all around there. You know we have a, a couple minutes here. Don't know if I want to do a couple Weedles. I won't do this whole list. Yeah, go ahead. Oh. I yeah, forgot completely forgot about the Weedles. Oh. I can give one Weedle here as to myself. Um, I, I'm the only self-Weedler here, unfortunately. Um, so Saturday morning, I went home to see some friends from high school, do some things with Rachel, uh, play golf with my grandpa, see my parents. And I had a dentist appointment. I had a lot going on. That's sort of feeling the picture here. So I get get home, borrow a car from my grandparents, drive home, go to the dentist, talk to my parents, and I go to leave to go see my friends. I accidentally parked behind one car, took the other car with the keys to the car that was blocking the other car in my pocket, and drove a half hour away. What? So there are three cars. I took one, took the keys to the other, and the other one was blocked in by the car I had the keys to. Oh, no. Um. Luckily, my parents were able to do some maneuvering. The car may or may not have had to go on the lawn a little bit, <laughs> but it made it out okay, and I had to go pick up my mom later in the day. There you go. Uh, but, Finn, please lead on someone else. We're going to pick two out of this list that I had here, one being maybe my personal favorite little Weedle besides the uh, – I completely forgot about the Antonio Brown thing, but that would have been on here. Um are you guys familiar with Martin Brundle? No. I'm not. So he is an F1 reporter, and he does this thing before every race called the grid walk, whereas normally you would have your sideline reporter maybe getting a few questions to the coach before the game. He just essentially goes down like right onto the racetrack before the race starts walks around with no plan and just asks random people questions. It's absolute chaos every single time, but it was even heightened to another level when they had the first Miami Grand Prix this year. This man walked directly past Dwayne Wade and up to Paolo Boncaro and asked him if he was Patrick Mahomes. It's it's almost like it's like a sketch comedy thing where he's just like walking around the sea trying to ask famous people questions. But it, it, I feel like you got to another level when they had the race in America. It was absolutely hysterical. The grid walk needs to be at every single sporting event. And then my other one, this is from this past weekend. Uh, college football was back. Week zero had one of the most strangely scheduled games I've ever seen. Northwestern versus Nebraska in Ireland. And it lived up to the billing where Scott Frost, with an 11-point lead in the second half, decided to run a surprise onside kick, and then they blew their lead after that. Oh, man. What a beautiful thing Nebraska football is. Dude, they're like such a joke. It's just ridiculous. Side note, Colin, did you watch Better Call Saul all the way through? Yep. We can talk about the ending later, but how rattled were you when they started referencing like early 2010s Nebraska football? Dude, like, <laughs> what is going on? Talk about Taylor Martinez and Bo Pelini on Better Call Saul. <laughs> I was rattled. Ridiculous, yeah. Yes. 
That is all I have. Do either of you have anything else out there? You don't really have any wheels today. I kind of got lost in my Campbell, my Campbell search. Campbell search. Actually, you know what? I do have one little wheel. Let's go. Uh, also, hard knocks related. Whoever is kept putting it, who was put all of the footage in of like Hank Fraley's kid and the trash talking of like Frank Ragnow and Frank Ragnow just like shitting on Hank Fraley's like ten year old son. Like, oh my god, dude, it was ridiculous. It was like five minutes of like I got way too much. No offense, Hank Fraley. I'm sure Hank Fraley's son is a great kid. I got way too much Hank Fraley's son footage. <laughs> But that's that's all I got. Are we done playing on the playground? I think we're done playing in the playground, whatever that may mean. Never through. Never through. We'll be back soon enough. Maybe break down some week one action once that all happens. But it's football season. Get excited, everybody. And thank you all for listening in our grand return. To Sports Talk Therapy, go Cats.